It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Ready. Set. Spartan Race is back for 2018, and we're accepting no excuses. Barbed wire crawls, tire drags, spear throws, and much more. Whatever your ability, you'll discover the right challenge for you. Take on our 5 to 25 kilometer events designed to push you to limits you never knew you could overcome. Complete an obstacle course race and let adventure back into your life. Are you ready to unleash your inner Spartan warrior? Visit spartanrace.uk. Welcome to Stranger Things with Jay, Jack, and Mike. My name is Jay. My name is Mike. Hey, and I'm hey Jonathan. How about a beer? No, I'm good. I have a Coke. And oh, welcome to the show. How's it going, gentlemen? What? I like how that one was actual dialogue. Jack was playing two points in one. This is really becoming my favorite running gag. I know it's been a long time running gag, but I I like trying to think about what Jack's going to say every time we get on the air here. <laughs> Well, I don't know where Jay's going. I'm just talking about, you know, Coca-Cola. Sure. Wholesome Coca-Cola. Um, Have it, well, would you, would you prefer Jonathan not be drinking? Sure. I would just All like right, to then. be able to get these actors on the show without you veiling uh, other things about them. But sure, that's fine. Whatever. Whatever. Um, well, I, we, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't recall. I don't understand what I'm you're trying to say. I'm not going to let uh, Jack derail the start to season two of Stranger Things uh, with Jay, Jack, and Mike. Um, a, a rare podcasting moment for us in that we're going straight from season one into season two, no pauses, no breaks, um, and uh, excited to talk about these first what, two what, chapters of the new season how, of Stranger how Things. How, how dedicated are we going from season one into season two? I mean, years of <laughs> podcasting nonstop. <laughs> Um, but uh, ex- excited to talk about it, uh, Mike. Uh, how is it? Watch like because uh, uh, Angela's a, b- a big fan. Try to get you to watch mm-hmm. it, and um, and you you didn't watch it with her, but now you could actually watch it with her. What was that like? Well, sort of because we did watch the first two episodes together in the course of this podcast. But I, I just felt uh, in, the, in my peripherals, I knew that the, the binge aspect of her cerebral cortex was just twitching the entire time. And she knew, especially with the way the second episode ended, she said out loud, 
I need to watch what happens right now. So I sort of, <laughs> I let her go. So, you know, we spent basically last night and tonight, she essentially binged the rest of the season. Granted, it's only, you know, seven more episodes. So it's not that much, but this was probably the biggest test of willpower that I've committed myself to thus far <laughs> in my pop culture recap experience. In that I had my wife sitting two feet next to me watching the rest of the season on her phone with her headphones in but you know on her I phone? tried to not like steal us because she was nice enough to, to not put it on the TV uh, while I was doing other things but the, I was trying not to like sneak a sideways glance or like try to hone in too much on what music might be playing or what characters are saying because I want to go as fresh as possible I mean it's always tough in general to recap sh- these types of shows that get released all at once you can you never know some people like my wife might take care of it all of a weekend some might really try to peter it out over the course of several weeks like several weeks like we're going to do it's going to be tough to stay you know on social media as well if that's, you know that's where i've run into some challenges because i've already seen some memes and stuff like that of stuff that i haven't seen yet and uh and it's and it's like oh man i can't even like go on instagram or or twitter i said like yeah, i, I mean, have to be guarded now for the next month this this is the first time i think we've ever done a show that comes out all at once and try to podcast about it. And I'm like, I'm like your wife. I wanted to watch the, I, you know, we watched it the other night and I wanted to immediately watch the third episode. I go, I can't, I got to watch just two and try to stay as spoiler free as I can. But you see all these people. Oh my God, did you see what happened? I'm like, Oh, shut up. (laughs) And and to, to answer to Jay's point, what I will say, maybe this is sort of advice to anyone out there who might want to either go along the journey with us with watching only two episodes at a time, or just someone who, like myself, is not usually a big binger and doesn't want to spoil themselves. Uh, muted hashtags or muted words on Twitter, especially, are your friend in that regard. Just you know, block the Stranger Things hashtag for a few weeks until you're finished, and that'll help. That'll sift through at least most of the dirt until you're able to find those nuggets of gold. But you brought this up, Jack. I'd be intrigued to hear from you guys. You had you know your big Halloween party that also functioned as viewing the first two episodes, and again. I'm so used to watching these episodes either alone or with one other person. I've never watched these episodes before with a gaggle of people. What's is this a show that like really benefits the group viewing experience? I I think so because I, I think there's, there's a lot of like callouts and kind of funny uh, jokes and funny moments um, that I think got a lot of laughs in the room. Um, I will say I wish it was scarier or, or had as many jump scares as the, the first season did in the first couple episodes. Um, I'm not saying this it wasn't scary, but I would say, and, and Mike, I'll let you be the true barometer for this, but I feel like there wasn't as many scary moments that I think would have been fun in a, in a room full of people watching uh, the show. There, there was talk, though. People would say, okay, you might want to warn Mike at the 3.30 mark <laughs> that there's something that could be scary. There was, this was people that were there watching it. I'm glad people are looking out for me. That really, I'm truly honored by that. Completely sincerely. Because it wasn't Jay and I saying it. That was just <laughs> I. I, th- I thought it was me, but I said, "Okay, I'm writing it down." And uh, Jack I'll, and I uh, were in Stranger Things costumes. Jack dressed up as Hopper, um, uh, Chief Hopper. He had, had a pretty good costume too. It looked uh, that's. I don't, you must have spent at least fifty dollars on this costume because it was. It, it was, it was more than costume. it was. The, 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 the mug alone was ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and was, I, I think I think all the, I think all together was like eighty dollars. And I dressed up as a Ghostbuster, Peter Venkman, 
uh, much like <laughs> Lucas and Will. Uh, I was going to say, I like, I like how that was like a tangential Stranger Things costume, though we did know from the trailers that it was going to be, they were going to dress up as Ghostbusters. I think there was even like a Super Bowl commercial that had them do that, yes. so... I was I was gonna say that Jay, you lucked out in doing that, considering how much you love Ghostbusters. But no, I think it could have been premeditated, considering how much we knew they were gonna do it this was, beforehand. It was vaguely premeditated in that I've had a Ghostbusters costume for 15 years now, and I generally wear it when I'm being lazy and don't want to come up with a costume. I was like, perfect, it actually fits in with Stranger Things, yay! Um, and we also and, and also <laughs> perfect timing for this release too, in that the I mean. Again, we haven't watched episode three, but I'm pretty sure episode two is where Halloween night concludes. And we're recording this the night before Halloween. So really perfect timing on our parts. And I'm assuming we'll completely fall apart once, you know, the show takes place over the course of a week and ours takes place over the course of a month and a half. <laughs> well, uh, uh, nonetheless, it'll be exciting to see. Uh, we we set up uh, the, the uh, lights, uh, Will's lights, uh, Christmas lights with the letters and everything like that. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Thank you for everybody that came out to uh, our little Stranger Things viewing party. And with that, I, I'm curious to see, you know, uh, the lights were such an iconic thing from season one. Uh, haven't really seen something like that yet in these first two episodes. I'll be curious to see if if they'll even try to do something that's kind of like a, an iconic look like the lights were. I, 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 I don't know what they could do, but I'm curious to see what they could do. I mean, we don't know what's in that trash can. I have a thought as to what's going to be in that trash can, but it it might be something that uh, sells a lot of toys, branded Stranger Things, in the next couple weeks. (laughs) It's Slimer. Clearly it's Slimer. Um, All right. Well, uh, I think that's a good intro. Um, You guys ready to jump into these two chapters? Mm -hmm. We do have some feedback as as well. We got an email. We had actually two emails um, but uh, a, a man who will not be named Ethan, uh, I think, had a spoiler in it. So uh, to save you, uh, Jack and Mike, I will I will hold that email until I think it can actually be said. Okay, that, that works for me. So I with I don't the, want to be spoiled, with but. the emails, we'd love your feedback, but make sure you title it for the episode that we're talking about today. We're doing one and two. Next week we're doing three and four, and so forth and so on. Um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't that big of a spoiler, but I just want to be as spoiler free as possible. If anybody's curious, we are breaking it down uh, two chapters per episode. Uh, we realize there's nine chapters in this season, so maybe the last one will have um, three chapters, or we might break out the maybe the finale from the two. Um, but uh, either way, we will let you know what's coming up. So if you uh, are uh, watching it with us you can or say you want to wait till this podcast is done and then just binge through it when you binge the show that's possible i mean really do whatever you want to do it but know that uh, we will not be uh spoil spoiling our viewing past uh, the, the two episodes we're talking about today yes no spoiler lore luring at all <laughs> oh, i just thought of something what's that? i can watch i can watch it after we record you can all right yeah if you can remember what happened six days from now no, I could watch. I could watch it then. I could watch it again, though. That's and true. Again, and again. Um, all right, gentlemen, are you hmm. ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm all excited now. <laughs> let's get this yes, thing over with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Jack has more episodes to watch. Come on. <laughs> My life has it. a meaning. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. Um, all right. Well, uh, chapter one is Mad Max in all caps. Almost a year after the events of the first season, a psychic girl with a tattoo identical to Eleven's, marking her as 008, is working as part and of wait, a criminal. Wait, wait, wait. Who called that? Who would you call? 
what when I said the girl, I said, oh, she has powers. Yeah. You said now she now she doesn't. I didn't now she say doesn't. that. I didn't. Yeah, you did. So, just to clarify, so we're talking about you guys were at the party watching this cold open, and Jack, you said, oh, the the girl, uh, I forget her actual name, Callie. Uh, she has powers, and that's before the whole fake bridge crash thing happens. Yeah, and she and Jay's like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. I, go, I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't push it back. I said, oh, that'd be cool. I didn't, oh, I didn't that, say no. no. That's not what he said. That's not what he said, Mike. A bit of ret- anyway, so I, and he goes, how'd you know? I go because they kept showing her face, and mm-hmm. the, the close up. They go, what was the point of showing her face? So anyway, I hate to I hate to take uh, pat myself on the back, but. Okay, okay, all right. I, I Save your glad hand right until uh, after I get the short little recap here. Then we go to the top moments. Uh, I didn't want to. For, I didn't want to forget it. <laughs> is working as part of a criminal criminal gang in Pittsburgh. Uh, back in Hawkins, Will, Mike, Dustin, and Lucas meet a new girl at school, Maxine Max, who immediately captures the interest of Dustin and Lucas, while her oh. older brother Billy antagonizes Steve. Mike and Nancy are still dealing with the losses of Eleven and Barb, respectively. Will has been experiencing episodes, hallucinations of the Upside Down, that feature visions of an enormous technical creature. Joyce and Hopper Ugh. take Will to be seen at the lab by the new head scientist, Dr. Owens. And at the end of the episode, Hopper goes home to a cabin in the woods where he lives with Eleven, who is revealed to be still alive. Was that your theory, too? I mean, I think... Oh, you were uh, just cheering still like alive. it was your theory. Um, no, I'm, all right. I, I think we all assumed she was still alive. Well, it was in the trailer, so that one was like mm-hmm. the trailer released I mean, like I mean, six I mean, months I mean, ago. I'm not taking credit for that one. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Well, let's let's go to top moments here. Introduced right, yeah. to 008. Um, uh, uh, thoughts here. Um, just a, a very interesting way to open up uh, season two with characters you don't know. Uh, but a bit of a, a world expansion um, with this opening scene. But thoughts here with this uh, introdu- introduction of um, a new super-powered individual. Yeah, it's, it's strange. I mean, there, I think there's so many parallels you can draw to other shows. I mean, I even feel like, you know, we've recapped The Leftovers, specifically the, the latter two seasons, really like to start off the show like this, right? To almost have a completely disconnected cold open and, Sometimes it ties in tangentially to what's going on plot-wise. Sometimes it's more thematic and representative. I'm still trying to figure out which is which one is which, but you have to feel like this concept of number eight, uh, that, that there's got to be some sort of other mythos, that there are, are other you know kids that might have gotten experimented on and somehow escaped out there. The interesting thing about number eight is that number eight possesses some of the same qualities as 11, including the nosebleeds and everything, yep. but it seems like eight does something different than 11. It seems like 11 has more telekinetic abilities, whereas eight has more honestly like inception like abilities. She has the ability to, to like mind F you and trick you into thinking that something's real when it really isn't. She's very much like the scarecrow from Batman. So it's, it'll be interesting to see, you know, maybe all Hawkins has done all these other types of experiments and all these other types of kids that they almost all have their different superpower. And maybe we'll see, in season five, all the numbers come back together and form their own sort of X-Man-like league. Well, it's it's so yep. funny because it's like you see the number eight, and I was like, oh, because the number 11 for 11, at no point was I thinking in the first season, like, oh, well, there's 10 before her and maybe one's after when it's so obviously so. And it kind of this this scene kind of just like knocks me on the head. It's like, oh, of course that makes sense that there's other people out there with powers. Well, I I have to say I thought that, but that's okay. Um <laughs> 
But I, well, my question is, so now we know for sure there's more than just 11. Now, is 11 the last one? Because we, she, she's the only one we see at the uh, at the the that's at the institute there. Mm. Is or is there more passive, or is there more locations that they're doing these studies at? Because we see eight is in Pittsburgh. So are there yeah. different are there different locations are doing these different? I mean, could they be doing them in different parts of the world? True. Yeah, I, I think that eleven is the last one in Hawkins. But I will say because we're talking about a show that's going to go for four or five seasons. I do think we're going to get like Stranger Things World Tour eventually <laughs> where we have like, oh, here's Bosnian 13 coming in to, you know, <laughs> cause waves to, you know, flood the coastline or something like Stranger that. I do think Australia. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Talk about the upside down under. Uh, I, I do think that there is a definite chance that there will be other people from other different types of laboratories. Again, we don't necessarily know the history of Hawkins that much as to, you know, did Brenner really go rogue or is there really sort of an underground operation going on in multiple locations? But I like to think from what we know about Eleven, specific to that laboratory, she was the last one because once the gate opened up, she escaped. And it feels like if there were other subjects there, we know about it, right? If they were there simultaneously. You would think so. Yeah. Yeah. you could you could still probably explain it because it's a big bu- you know building and we didn't see everything, but there would be a bit of Nikki and Paolo, um, uh season three of Lost. <laughs> um, I, I, but I think there was a reason why they showed Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and number eight. That there, I, I think they're showing us there's more than one location. Mm-hmm. There's obviously more than one child who's been, you know, work, they've been experimenting on and stuff. So I think that's they did a good job of setting that up. All right. Uh, At least that's num- what I got. Number two for top moments. Remember arcades? Oh, man. So cool. Um, in- bringing us back except to the for when the, the Except for when the arcades go really creepy and black and white, and then a storm comes in and a giant spider looms in the sky. That's the, the, the harsh part about arcades. Yeah, people forget that about the arcades when they're, you know, being all reminiscent of the old day, old times. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that I, that could have happened with a lot of friends I know. Um, at arcades yeah but, a, lot, a lot of stuff going around at those arcades aside from quarters <laughs> a lot of stuff being passed around not that i was there but there's a lot of guys that were hey i'm next but anyway so yeah i think that guy keith that like total mouth breather yeah <laughs> can you set me up with your sister um, yeah but i love i love how this character of max is like somewhat introduced in this in that somebody is taken over uh, the Dig Dug, uh, I think what Dustin's Dig Dug and um, uh, uh, Centipede, Centipede. Uh, score. Um, but uh, again, just kind of takes you uh, a really well, kids, good set piece uh, that takes you back well, to, to our core characters here that we love. Well, now kids don't have that nowadays, do it, except they have, I guess, I guess when you're doing your, you play against each other over the, you know, with game, whatever they have now. But they, they don't have that where you, ha- you to get the high score was a big deal when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean it was, and and, and like you said, you, you, you it was almost like uh, like gambling because they they you'd have to go back to see if you still had the high score. And when you lo- oh someone beat me, I got to play that again so I can get the high score again. Well, that's what was crazy about Dragon's Lair. It was two quarters per play, which back then it was like one of the most expensive games. Um, and, uh, so it, it definitely rang home for me cause I just remember that that game was impossible to win. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh lo- love, love the opening. Um, and again, love bringing it back into the characters. I'm scrounging for money, scrounging for quarters. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I I, lo- I also loved getting to in these two episodes specifically, we got to find out more about Dustin's mom and yep. Lucas's family a little yep. bit. Uh, his little sister, which does not uh, does not shy at calling him a nerd, but I love that because I do I do feel like that was one of the uh, the key things that was missing from season one. So it's exciting to see it here. One more thing I want to note about this scene: uh, love the Devo coming in, especially it happened. I think both times they went to the arcade this episode. But one thing I noticed, I don't know if you guys noticed it too. I mean, Stranger Things season one, outside of the Clash, didn't really have that yeah. much background music. In these two episodes, at least, a lot of background music. And I wonder if part of it's just because because the show has more money now. And so they're like, oh, great. Let's, like, buy (laughs) as many, you know, 80s songs as we can and throw them in there. Uh, I was thinking thinking the special effects were better. I I also thought the special effects were better this year, this first two episodes. Yeah, you can tell the show has benefited from an extra boost of budget. Um, While it's been been really fun with all of the, the music... Is is that distracting? Uh, it, it was a little. I don't say it was off putting, but it definitely. Uh, I noticed it, which I don't know if you're supposed to notice all of mm. this of this extra music. I, I part of me hopes if they're going for more of a thematic thing that I hope you know they really piped in a lot of these the soundtrack now, and then as the season progresses, that music is going to winnow out, sort of represent. We even see it in this episode that there's almost a layer of artifice on Hawkins. It sort of has had like a veneer buffed onto it after the events of last year, but nothing is truly all right underneath the surface. And so if they're going this idea of, you know, the not so the stranger things are slowly breaking through the facade that has been created at Hawkins, the mask that the trick or treat child of Hawkins, Indiana put over its face. (laughs) I kind of like this idea of, Oh, we're going to start off with like, you know, bubblegum pop songs that everybody loves about the 80s. And then it's a slowly going to crack through to, OK, now we're back into like silence filled nightmare land. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and kind of leading out of this, uh, the arcade kind of open. Uh, Will has a, the vision of the Thessal Hydra. Now, Mike, you, you kind of brought this theory in our last episode um, is this creature going to be the Thessal Hydra? They didn't say it in this, but I like that as a name, so that's what I'm going to go with. Um, <laughs> are, are you fine with calling it Thessal Hydra as the D&D player out of the three of us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not uh, as much of a stickler with the monsters, and I'm not going to say, that's not a Thessal Hydra, because for all we know, it could be. We only have seen the bottom part of it. We don't know what's on top of there. Uh, that and uh, really the, the Demogorgon didn't look like a Demogorgon, right? No. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, this uh, this thing is gigantic, and uh, it's going to be a lot harder to beat than the Demogorgon was. I'm, that's just how I'm feeling. Just calling it as I see it right now. Um, I'll I'll back you 100% because I really don't <laughs> care what they call it. <laughs> um, new characters. A lot, uh, introduced to a lot of new characters. We have Max, um, who's, who's I, a great foil. Um, uh, for um, Lucas and uh, uh, Dustin, Dustin to kind of obsess over. Um, and we have uh, Billy, who's this kind of new bad boy uh, on campus. He's the uh, James Dean of that world, man. <laughs> but I, I I understand 80s hair to a certain extent, mm. but his I don't understand. Well, I think I was trying to figure out because we obviously don't know a lot about Max and Billy's situation. I'm assuming we'll find out more about it. But I'm wondering if it's like, is it purposely white trash hair? Because I feel like Steve (laughs) had a little bit of like a mullet thing going on. But like he was going for more of the pompadour. But this feels definitively different. This feels like I know the uh, 
the buyer's family is not necessarily well off, but I feel like Max and Billy come from like a trailer park that's parked, you know, on the outskirts of Hawkins. It, it, he's definitely dressing like that. The hair, but he has a, he, well, he has a nice car. It is a pretty sweet ride. I I don't know. I but it, definitely some mystery there. Um, and I hopefully, I mean, I would assume we find out as as the season goes along. Next up, we have the fantastic, lovable Sean Astin uh, as Bob. Uh, uh. Who is Joyce's uh, <laughs> new love versus? I, I know, I know. For you, Mike, you're a big uh, Hopper and Joyce shipper. Like, how are you feeling about this right now? Oh no, Hopper, move aside. I'm all about Bob here, baby. <laughs> I'm all in. I love me some Bob. Bob's fantastic. Now, He's okay. such a such a goober. Now, does does Joyce love Bob, or is 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 Bob just comfort food? I don't know. I mean, the way they were lustfully going after each other in that stock room, because I could totally see you're totally right, Jack. Of, you know, Bob is sort of like arm candy in a way. Uh, he's like, oh, he's very he's unlike Lonnie. He's very nice and reliable. Uh, and, you know, he just wants the best for Joyce and her family. But at the same time, I feel like they were hinted at something a little more passionate in their relationship. I don't know. I'm rooting for these crazy kids. Maybe it's because of my unabashed love for Sean Astin. Uh, but I, I love Bob in general and just how he really tries to be cool in his hokey sense of humor. It's it's everything I love and more. Well, it's obvious that uh, Hopper doesn't like him so much. And, and the whole time I was like, well, why didn't you guys get together if, that, if you're that kind of – you can tell there's some tension there. Um, which it, towards the end, uh, the end of the episode, okay, well, that makes sense why, why they couldn't. You know, he didn't really want it. Couldn't be with her. Um, but uh, do you think that's uh, this? Is there going to be a triangle situation here, or uh, Mike? Maybe I already know your thoughts here. It's, it's Bob and Joyce forever. But uh, Jack, like, do you think there's going to be a a triangle well, situation as, here? Well, not as long as he has eleven. He's keeping eleven under wraps. He can't. He can't be with Joyce. That's true. What would he do with eleven? And I mean, the sched- the work schedule, Hopper's out to all hours of the night investigating rotting pumpkins. Bob has a very solid job at Radio Shack. He can get your cameras whenever he wants. I'm just saying, you know, the, the, there's a there's a very alluring. Uh, it's, it's like Jonathan versus Steve in a way where there's someone who's like much more reliable, albeit, you know, a little less dark and mysterious. But sometimes sometimes you want to go for that at the end of the day. But I, I can see Joyce, though. Like I said, I said comfort food because, you know, like we said, Lonnie was just a mess. Lonnie is just a user. He doesn't care about anyone but himself. And here's Bob. He he loves Joyce. He he's cares about her. He doesn't care about, you know, he doesn't call Willa, you know, a zombie or anything like that. Uh, he cares about he cares about Jonathan. So why wouldn't you as a mother want someone who's going to care about your kids? But there's Hopper. I mean, so I don't know. <laughs> but Hopper, but Hopper's, you know, Hopper's. Put on a few pounds, so he's get himself in shape. He if he did wants look Joyce. a little out of shape. I, he might be eating too many TV dinners. I'm I'm worried about his health. I, I did say I did fit the costume pretty well. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I, uh, I, I had I had I had it down pretty pat. Uh, last major new character is Doctor Owens, played by uh, Mad About You's own Paul Reiser. All... Um, interesting character. So uh, mm. maybe he's taking the is he taking the place of Brenner? Is he the new bad guy or is he uh is he a good guy is he something in between it's it's early on so it's hard to get a read um, you can trust me but i will say that the, it's pretty well known and talked i mean he, he i think they casted him because they loved his character in aliens 
where he was a bit two-faced. Do we think the same thing is going to happen here with his character on Stranger Things? I mean, if so, even, I like that more than Brenner. I know I talked during our season one watch about the fact that I thought Brenner was a little two-dimensional. And even in this episode, I like the fact that you initially bring him in as sort of like this very genial child doctor. He's really making a lot of small talk with Will. And it seems like, as Jack said, he says, like, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. You can trust me. I want to take care of you, make sure that Will is OK. And then he goes back, finds out that they've been monitoring them the entire time and is sending people back into the very still active gate into the upside down. So I, I'm hoping that I wouldn't necessarily call him a double agent. But I hope that he can be a little more duplicitous than someone like Brenner, who seemed pretty much like evil incarnate from the get go. And everyone realized it. Yeah. Yeah. A little more. I agree to it. Um, next up here in top moments, uh, number five, emo will. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sorry. Not emo. Will. Sorry. Emo Mike. Emo Mike. I, I mistyped there. Uh, but emo you did say, it does say Will. It does. I, that's my, that's my I, I, thought, I go, what are you picking out Will for? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Emo Mike. Emo Mike. He is broken hearted. Um, and uh, so, well, he's also he's also on a little bit of a bad streak. Right. I mean, we saw him sort of like in a comic moment, steal money from Nancy. But apparently this is the latest in a series of capers that he has done, including what yeah. graffitiing the bathroom, uh, just Everyone doing like does a, that bomb. <laughs> I can only imagine what someone like Mike would be writing and like, I don't know how good his penmanship would be as a result. But, yeah, it's interesting to sort of. You know, I, I feel like Lucas and Dustin haven't changed in particular in the year in between, but I feel like Mike really has. I mean, he really had an attachment for Eleven to the point of where he is sitting every day fruitlessly in that shelter he built for her in the basement on that radio channel, just hoping one day she'll find him on it. And, you know, she does, which is great, and I cannot wait to see the two of them reunite, but... Very lovelorn. Very lovelorn. I, I, yeah. I don't understand why Mike is acting out when his dad is giving him such great <laughs> advice. Wait, can, can, we, can, we, can we talk about, like, can we call every episode, like, the, the derp dad moment of the episode? Because I feel like it's got to be that. You got to right? hunker down and pull forward, son. Well, no, I, I like uh, Mike saying, like, all the kids graffiti the bathroom as well. If they jumped off a bridge, would you do it? Like... Uh, and okay. there was like a fun derp moment from the finale where uh, the Hawkins guys are talking to the family and the dad like salutes them yeah. for some reason. <laughs> I really hope we can keep like a running tally. There's even a moment in episode two that I'm sure we'll point out once we get to it. Okay, yeah. I was, <laughs> um, but but Mike's just looking at him rolling. Uh, I'll be honest with you. If if and Jake can can back back me up on this, my kids wouldn't have rolled the eyes on me like that. Well, in all fairness, you're a tad bit more involved and engaged than uh, than Mike's dad. <laughs> Are you rolling your eyes at me? <laughs> uh, son. <laughs> Language. What did I do? When I was part, you got to be part of a team. And if I was part of the team, I'd throw you off the team or whatever he said. Yeah, like going, weird analogy. I, it was almost like he, he watched all the Brady Bunch, like binge watched the Brady Bunch and had all his uh, Mike Brady information or Mike Brady lines. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, it was it, Mike wasn't buying it. Uh, no, not not so much. Now, here's the thing. So since you know, they're, what, are they 13 now? Are they 12 last? It's a year later. We're getting into the teenage years. Is this going to, because I, I will say out of all of Harry Potter, um, Order of the Phoenix, I think, was my least favorite one because Harry Potter was kind of whiny uh, in book five. <laughs> uh, are we at risk of being annoyed by a, a whiny Mike in this season? 
I don't know. Would you rather have whiny Harry Potter in book five or horny Harry Potter in book six? It's a, it's a, that's a real tough choice. But Mike's a little bit of both. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Gonna say, I was gonna say. <laughs> in, in those first two episodes, though, I do feel like we're getting a little bit of a, of a negative Nancy vibe on Mike. But I feel like if and when he gets reunited with Eleven, that'll put some pep back in his step, and we'll get the old Mike back. Because yeah, I don't, I don't want to see him like this. Yeah. Um. Uh, number six, Will goes in for Tess at Hawkins. We talked about this already. Like, really, Will has to go back to there? Like, I, I, I see maybe Doctor is like, oh, we're all new people. The people that did this are bad. But um, kind of. Yeah, it, kind it of doesn't make sense. I mean, I do I like, I do like, I do like she probably doesn't have money to go to. But, like, it, obviously well, she's driving, some she's driving a death. She's driving the death mobile, the Pino. So that. <laughs> I. I wonder at the in the finale. Remember, we had Joyce and Hopper make a deal with yeah. Hawkins Lab yeah. to get to able to get them in the Upside Down to get well. Do you feel like something as part of that verbal yeah. contract might have been if you get him out, we have to investigate him? Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, I'd, I'd be I'd be like, okay, I got him out, but without any help from you, I'm, I, I wouldn't do it. Well, I wouldn't send my kid back. But you there. don't have a choice if this is like a powerful. Government I mean, I don't have a choice. What do you mean I don't have a choice? We'll take away your son from you. Um, yeah, or... and they'll put him right back in the upside down. Yeah. <laughs> I live put in America. Right back where you portal. came from. <laughs> <laughs> I um, guess. I guess. I guess so. And uh, last top moment I have here: Eleven is alive and living in a cabin in the woods uh, with Hopper. Living uh, a dan- van down by the river. <laughs> uh, yeah, roll doobies like you do in the arcade. <laughs> uh, I do want. I do want to also take this moment to mention a little bit. Uh, there's this other new character who we only saw in episode one, but I feel like we're going to see a lot more of him. This Murray guy who's played by a comedian named uh, Brett Gelman, who I absolutely love. It was so weird to see him there, but he he's this guy that I what Barb's parents brought him in. He's like a an oh an, yeah, 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 an yeah, yeah. Investigator. Oh, the conspiracy theorist, theorist guy. Yeah, conspiracy theorist, but who's also kind of right. I mean, granted, he has this theory that you know Eleven's uh, a Russian sleeper cell essentially, but he catches on to this idea of like oh. You know, he talks about when she broke the windows and the grocery store and he yeah. feels like she's still around. And technically, he's right. I wonder amidst everything that's going on, how much he's going to play a part. But the fact that you have someone who is on their trail uh, might not lead to good things. Uh, that is true. Like, and will he represent is because it's it's interesting. Um, you have those characters that kind of represent the voice of the viewer is is he going to be that person uh like who who would who would be the you know say hurley at, to loss like is is there that kind of equivalent um in in this show and will will this character be that for it hmm. i i didn't think i forgot actually i forgot all about him <laughs> until uh, <laughs> so maybe not yeah, like no, I, I i would think for a second it'd be a one time thing until they have KFC with Barb's parents later that episode, and they mention him again. So I feel yeah, like I, yeah, he, if, if they only mention him, him yeah, since they mention him again, you have to feel like he's got to be at least a little noteworthy. Maybe he'll like throw them off in episode five or six or something before, yeah. before they get back on the right path. But I feel like I feel like we might see more Murray. Who knows? Maybe Murray will be the one to flush Eleven eventually out of this cabin and you know get her back in the in the thick of things. Or like, will will he suffer the fate of like um like a, a what's the lawyer in Jurassic Park? Like he'll just be eaten by something eventually. Like, but hilariously, um, on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, just something, something. As long as long as just some comedy. Like if he's an dead, annoying I'm, conspiracy I'm theorist, like if that's how he goes, I think that'd be kind of funny. But maybe that's just me being sadistic. Um, 
so Eleven is alive, living with Hopper. I thought it was a really sweet scene, and they're they're having the dinner together. It's like, oh, he's taking care of her. Um, uh, any any final thoughts here for this scene or this episode for the coming back to season two? I I agree. I like the scene. It was nice. It was it, you know because you see the uh, we have we in season one with Hopper. We see how he loses his daughter. Now he's taking care of Eleven. And yeah, that's what was really the sweet. texture. I mean, it was it was you know Eleven is obviously got an attachment to him. So, yeah, I liked it. It was a great scene. Mike, any thoughts from you? No, I mean, I well, I think we'll have more to say in the next episode because right. we get a very small taste of it here, but we're going to see much more of it, including how Eleven essentially got to that point in the next episode. All right, well, let's get into it. Chapter 2, Trick or Treat, Freak. Uh, in flashbacks, Eleven manages to escape from the Upside Down, but is forced to remain hidden in the woods to avoid the government agents. In the present day, the kids prepare for Halloween. Eleven asks to go trick-or-treating, but Hopper insists that she needs to remain hidden. Hopper investigates when pumpkin patches all over town suddenly start rotting. Nancy wants to tell Barb's parents the truth about Barb's death, but Steve insists that it's a bad idea, as the government agents might come after them if they told anyone the truth. Instead, they attend a Halloween party where Nancy gets drunk and berates Steve until he leaves. Jonathan takes Nancy home. Mike, Will, Dustin, and Lucas go trick-or-treating. Later joined by Max during the night, Will has another episode and tells Mike about his visions. Mike admits that he's still trying to contact Eleven. Eleven tries to contact Mike using her powers, but is unsuccessful. Dustin returns home after trick-or-treating and finds a strange creature in his trash can. Um, all right, top moments here. Number one, especially for me, Ghostbusters is cool. Yeah, they were real cool when they went to school <laughs> in those Ghostbusters costumes. Yeah, so, so, so what do you think happened here? Was it just that, like, they? well, they said that they dressed up last year. Was it just, like, a thing where everyone else, that maybe they were off doing all their will-based stuff that... I don't know. No, nobody told them about it. Do you think it was like a school-wide uh, propaganda <laughs> trick on these kids? I'm glad that they didn't focus on it, though, because I don't want to necessarily watch an episode of these kids get kicked around and made fun of by everyone else. I thought it was more of, uh, you know, it's, a, it's the next grade up. And, you know, like there, there is that threshold where like people stop dressing up. So I thought it was just like a, a fun play on. You know, they're still, so they, you know, wanting to do the fun of, trick, uh, trick, you know, dressing up for Halloween. Everybody else is trying to be cool and more. But weren't they at the they same, are. weren't they at the same school? Yeah. So what? But so, you're growing up, you're growing up in the next grade and it's like, oh, maybe but, it's not but, cool no, to but, dress up but, in school but, anymore. But nobody in the school was dressed up. Or were they freshmen in high school? I don't know if they're going to, I can't remember. Well, you have the same yeah, science, I'm, I'm, same science teacher. I'm trying to figure out if it was like, yeah, I guess so. Because I was trying to figure out, you know, obviously the, the, they, everyone carpools together it seems but i was trying to wonder you know sometimes you have these like school complexes where like the middle school's right next to the high school i wonder if we're dealing with that sort of thing um yeah and i think uh i think it's just it was just a play on you know it's uh, it's not cool to dress up uh, at school anymore and they kind of were on the oh, it, on that. it was funny i yeah. enjoyed it um and the whole beckman uh, beckman thing beckman. yeah uh but yeah both uh uh Mike and uh, Lucas uh, wanted to be. Well, why don't you go ahead and say it, Mike? Why don't you go ahead and say it? That's not what I'm thinking. <laughs> again, emo emo Mike uh, strikes again here. Um, but those are awesome costumes. I will say, uh, talking about some good parenting here, uh, my parents could never make me a costume that looked that accurate as a kid. So um, I, I'm, we're, we can judge the parents harshly all the time, but I got to give their parents. Your, your parents, your parents didn't care. <laughs> Clearly, dude. Could Ghostbusters costumes work today? Do you think we've gotten to the point of where, like, the school would take it as, like, the proton pack, some form of a weapon, and, oh, you know, they, they could not. only just walk around with the... I mean, when I... 
Uh, when I, I was in high school, I dressed up as Gilligan one Halloween, and they didn't even let me wear the hat. So I was just some guy in a red what? sweater for Halloween. Yeah, why, it was, why couldn't you wear the sailor hat? Because I think we usually had a no hat rule in school. I thought they sort of curbed that on Halloween, but apparently not. So yeah, I just had to. I they took the hat and I just walked around in a red sweater the entire day. Oh man, that's brutal. We need to skip it. Um, here's my Boo. little buddy. Boop. Um, uh, yeah, so a cool opening, cool opening with the Ghostbusters. I will say, as it's like my favorite. I I, I know Jay spilled all kinds of popcorn on the ground. He was so excited. <laughs> um, and I was wearing the Ghostbusters costume, so I I felt I felt pretty cool. I knew this was coming, or that there would be an association with Ghostbusters. Um, Ivan Reitman uh, at the Ghostbusters panel at Comic Con this year said that. The Duffer Brothers reach out to him and Ghost Core, which is the the company that Reitman uh, runs for Ghostbusters stuff, and uh, they worked uh, partnered with them uh, for a lot of the stuff in this episode. So I was I was pretty pumped uh, at the homage and the love um, for that because I mean Duffer Brothers about the same age as as me, so um, uh, pretty cool. You guys mentioned the quality of the costumes. Now, did Will's costume was it not as as Top notch as the other three. No, it looked good. I mean, you saw looked, uh, Joyce it, it, working it, it, on it. She was sewing the patch in episode one. But so. it did. It did look different than the other three. It did. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I. If you look, go back and watch it. it. It's. I'm you not bullying. I'm just saying. I think you're a bully. Was I bullying? Um, yeah, I was a bully in school. So, uh, Lu- uh, Lucas I was a and four Dustin, foot eight bully. That's me. Uh, Lucas and Dustin crushing on Max. Uh, just funny. I. 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 You know them trying to, uh, to woo Max. I. I I found really funny. Um, well, it's well, weird because, like, are they competing or are they cooperating? What's the end goal for these two? Are they? I mean, I I've uh, watched a certain <laughs> other piece or read another piece of pop culture that deals with children, a uh, young group of children, and one redhead girl, and things Ooh. do not end well there. They get very dirty very quickly. Uh, so I'm hoping we don't go in that direction with Max here. Yeah, I, I if it, I, I don't it, think I don't think you, I don't think you can really do the uh, it uh, conclusion to the the children's story. Um, well, right now they're in the friend zone, right? Uh, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. But in terms of what uh, Mike's referencing, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can go there. I think it's the classic, you know, two friends, you know, crushing on the same girl. Um, eventually, one's gonna have to win out. Um, and, then, and then what happens? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's a falling out. You know, maybe the party you know, breaks. It's very presumptuous of you to assume that. <laughs> what? Do you know what that means? Presumptuous, because Dustin oh, does yes. not. <laughs> yes. I good, forgot right? about that. That was. Funny. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um all right uh, number three how 11 ended up with hopper so we get flashbacks for 11 catching her up to uh the scene that kind of shows them living together in this cabin um any any thoughts here i mean do you is this a satisfying kind of story to bring her up to the current timeline uh and what happened to her i mean i guess i'd rather have this than like some sort of weird i mean not to spoil Westworld, but if we're going all Westworld and doing multiple timelines during season two, I, I guess if they want to put Eleven into the main action, I'm sort of happy that they caught us up in a few choice flashbacks. I personally was really interested in how quickly they brought her back. Like you said, Jay, from the trailers, we knew they'd bring her back, but beginning of episode two, it seemed like she like 
pooped herself into the upside down, walked around for like five minutes, saw <laughs> there was another hole and then blasted her way out. That was a I thought we were going to get a little bit more time in the upside down, but it seems like they want to focus more on Eleven actually being in our world. Yeah, I mean, I guess if she was going to stay in the upside down, what would you want her to do while she was over there? I, I Maybe it's just sort of world building. I would be intrigued to just have her explore the upside down, even if it was for an episode. If they did like a weird standalone, not necessarily a bottle episode, but like a solo episode with Eleven navigating the upside down, because again, we barely saw it. And it's still such an interesting concept where the other thing that this blows open, much like what Eleven did, is that we, you know, we saw this in the tree last season. I feel like the gate opened up so many of these like sort of perma portals all over Hawkins. I mean, Eleven finds one right there in the school as well that I we're definitely not done with the upside down. I mean, Will's little episodes are any are an indication as well, but the fact that now there's an opportunity, there are so many points of weaknesses where things can get yeah. through definitely indicates that we are in probably for a number of big bats coming our way over the next few seasons. Well, and here's my well, follow-up question to that with uh, Dr. Owens. We're kind of like, okay, where is he? Is he, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Is he in the middle? Um, do you think he, that he's, he's looking like he's containing it with his little room and, you know, flamethrowers on the technicals or whatever, but it does. He is, is he actually containing it or is, or does he know that it's spreading or does he think, I mean, like what's, what's the, the, the MO here for, uh, uh Hawkins lab. And what do, what do you think they think's going on? Hmm. Maybe they don't know. Yeah. Do they, do they know? Do they not know? I mean, like what's their yeah. intention? Like that's, I mean, maybe, if, maybe that's it's a good call not... out, Mike. Cause if there's that hole there, there could be ones other elsewhere. Well, maybe that's why they're not showing us more of the upside down world because there's, there's having that slow, telling the story drag up because maybe they don't know what's going on in there so well, they yeah, show us and you have to wonder i mean again we we skip this year and i feel like through 11 we saw some flashbacks to what she was doing i feel like we're, we're we might get more of these as like what happened in the year in between i'd be intrigued to see what happens from the hawkins perspective you know is it like from the first minute that you know they 11's gone and hawkins debriefs the wheelers that they take off and suddenly they wipe the slate clean and rebuild again. Are they going to, as Jay might be alluding to try to like, I don't know, set scouters around the town to track where these holes might be. I'm not entirely sure because yeah, as Jay, as Jack said, we, we really don't know. We've seen it, especially in this episode, it's like two scenes of, uh, you know, Dr. Owens kind of skulking and then fixing the, uh, the telecom within the upside down that made the, the circuit board yeah. fry up at the end of the first episode. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, number four, rotting pumpkins. Uh, you know, it actually this is a rotting pumpkins tie into. How does that tie into, um, you know, the the greater story here? Yeah, I mean, I, I bet there's something with those holes uh, around because there. Hopper also felt like this weird goop on yeah. the trees too. I bet there's some sort of portal there. Uh, and that's why there's all this rot permeating from it. Uh, I'm again, not entirely sure, but that's another one almost like Murray where like you get this sort of thing like, Oh yeah, the pumpkin patch rotted. But then you have the guy who was accused of poisoning the pumpkin say, Oh no, mine's rotting too. And it seems like, I don't know, something's after the pumpkins. Yeah. I was, I was thinking maybe it had something to do with Will and his flash when he's flashing the upside down world. Oh, and he's actually like killing it, the pumpkins? That that he, he doesn't know he's doing it, but every uh-huh. time 
something happens, it's it seems like that we find we're rotting pumpkins. So it's maybe it's that interesting. Ha- I, I would I'm looking at Will's episodes. I would almost compare it to, and again, this is the Sean Astin lover in me. Compare it to what Frodo does with the ring in Lord of the Rings films. Jack, I know you haven't seen all of them. <laughs> I'll try not to spoil it too much for you, but. Essentially, you see as he uses it more and more, which, again, has him kind of viewing the world in a different mind frame. But you notice that, like, things kind of change and he kind of changes the more he uses it. So like Jack's saying, maybe it's a matter of, like, as Will keeps dipping in there and maybe they're going to try to weaponize Will to have him, you know, go into the upside down and see what might be happening. But that's going to affect him more and more and lead him more into that freak zombie boy territory that everyone's sort of (laughs) stigmatizing towards him. Right. Yeah. Um, we meet at number five. We meet Barb's family, and Nancy wants to go public. Um, uh, this was rough. Yeah, I All mean, right. how do you sit? How do you sit there and eat the chicken? Here's my thing: if you have to, if you have to be quiet, like why go have dinner? Like that, just make it harder. I would think. Well, I think they're trying to. You know, know. It, it, it looks like something guilty. they do all the time because they feel guilty because they killed her, and. Now I was talking to Chris Drake at the uh, at the party, and I think we were talking about this. That did they have this planned out all along, because or was it just such a big deal that people made such a big deal about Barb being that no one cared that Barb was gone that they had to bring that into store into uh, uh, season two. I think because in interviews with the Duffer Brothers, they they said like we're gonna we're gonna address the whole Barb thing in this season. So I think that's a fair question to but, ask like the way they yeah. handled barb in season one is that why there was kind of this big barb kind of response so far in these first two episodes because it really shows that 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 uh, nancy is just so m- more remorseful this season than yeah. last season last season here's the camera for you jonathan i'm gonna go sit on the couch with my boyfriend well i think you showed that was maybe a night. bit of a, a facade or just you know Trying to normalize after such a yeah, but it, it didn't seem like she was too broken up about it. Well, you have to wonder as well if, as you said, if this is just sort of also fodder for the teen storyline too. Because, I mean, outside of the love triangle, there isn't too too much, and so to really bring in Nancy's sort of form of PTSD or BTSD, I guess if we're putting Parb in there, <laughs> but this idea that she is profoundly emotionally affected by it. I, I do agree that it might have been a little bit of fan service that they feel like they need to acknowledge Barb because Barb is officially dead and gone but I think it also plays really interestingly into the characters and the next moment that we're going to talk about which is sort of like the I'd say like the, the dissolving but probably also the subsequent building back up of her and Steve's relationship. It's causing a lot of strife because Steve's able to just say like hey we need to keep our cool. We can't reveal anything. But it's clear that like Nancy's guilt and emotion are getting the best of her in this circumstance. Well, yeah. actually, Steve, if if he's because they're worried about, he said, you know, they could take our family. They could do all kinds of things. So he's afraid of the, what the government could do to him. And uh, our and next, Nancy's just drunk. Yeah. Well, our next moment here, uh, they have this crazy teen party, um, and Nancy drunken, drunkenly tells Steve she doesn't love him. Um, and then uh, Jonathan goes to this party and and takes her home. Um, so now, what was it, was it, was this at Steve's house or was this just at some sort of random person? It was house? at uh, it wasn't Steve's. It was they kept saying no. the name. It was like Tina or something like that. Yeah, it could be at Steve's house because he got in trouble for that party. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, actually, the big, maybe the big was, party he had last time. Was this a fan service or was this a, a, again a response to like okay, Steve's party was like four people at his house. Yeah. This is a party. Yeah, there was well, like a keg. Well, five. And you and about, Jay, you already forgot about Barb. There was five people at oh, that I'm party. I'm sorry. Sorry. 
but what, do we can we figure out what Nancy and Steve were supposed to be? I mean, I love this was one of my actually one of my favorite low key moments from the trailer was this one shot of Steve yes. wearing sunglasses indoors, bobbing his head yeah. along like some sort of Night at the Roxbury goober. <laughs> he uh, was, I wasn't he Tom Cruise? Was he Tom Cruise in Risky Business? I think so. Yeah, and and Barb, I could never. I I said maid. I couldn't for we could not Barb. Uh, Nancy. I don't know that no well, one's Nancy, what's the out. what's the what's her name's character from uh Risky Business? Is that uh is that a dress that she wore? Mm, I don't think she wore a dress. A prostitute? Or I'm thinking a bachelor party. Uh, no, I don't think she I don't think she wore a dress. Oh, okay. Um, but, I mean it's also I don't know a little bit of a Halloween faux pas in my point of view to wear white especially when she's getting near all of that punch, which looked super sketchy, considering that there was a nice, uh, like vapor, yes. dry ice <laughs> fill on it on it. consistently the entire night. Uh, but I, I so will that, agree the moment of him in the head bobbing—that's like a—that's a, a gif now that's very popular uh, from that trailer. So it was nice to see the, the scene at which. It, I'm sorry, I love Steve. I, I know, I know oh, yeah. Nancy doesn't love uh, Steve apparently, but I love him. Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta be honest, though. I didn't like Steve. If I'm the dad, and, well, not this dad, but if if some guy leaves my drunken daughter at a party, I mean, luckily Jonathan was there. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, what happened? Maybe I, maybe I said you need to take her home that, or something. That's the that's the last time Steve uh, takes my daughter out. So uh, we're definitively in the camp that like they were both wrong here, right? I feel like uh, Nancy probably shouldn't have said that. Granted, I think she was under the influence. Uh, but Steve also shouldn't have just like left, no. left a completely wasted girl, probably getting drunk for the first time in her life behind in this right. house full of people that she doesn't know. Exactly. Um, Bad move, Steve. <laughs> you know. All right. If, every, uh, if everyone left their girlfriend the party, would you? Huh? Me? <laughs> uh, anyway, number thinking, number seven here. Uh, the D and D crew goes trick or treating, and Max joins them, and we have some more uh, emo Mike because of it. Who voted? Who? 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 who, who. <laughs> we can't. We can't have another girl in here. Same room for one. Is she, is she replacing Eleven? Now that could have been how he was looking at. No, it. I get it. I that's, get that's, where that's he's That's completely upset, how he was looking at it. He was saying that, like, no, it's almost like. They were sitting uh, around the Seder table, and you always leave a chair open for Elijah. And if some, if your relative sneaks in late and takes that chair, it's considered rude and offensive. And that's essentially, you know, uh, Max is a Seder crasher here. She's trying to uh, get in on the, the seat <laughs> that Mike says is uh, occupied in a memorial sense. But here's the yeah. thing. Like, he, he, everybody else had to deal with his crush on Eleven uh, last year. So they, he needs to, like, okay, this is, I got to give him some space okay. here. To be fair to Mike, though, Eleven could actually help help save Will. What's Max doing? <laughs> we don't know. I mean, we don't can, know how she she's going to she skateboard and she's yeah. great at video games. Exactly. That's we don't true. know how she That's how true. what her story is going to bring and how she's going to play out. For some she reason, did, I have she this did vision. save him later on. Earlier for some, on, for some reason, I have this vision of like the Adam Sandler movie Pixels, where like there's going to be like some sort of military. <laughs> coup and like a tank comes in and then max is going to operate it because she's so good at dig dug and she'll like <laughs> avoid the vessel hydras fireballs or something that's what i'm projecting well, there, is going to happen there, i really hope not i I, re- I remember there being a video game that had a tank uh yeah so, Tron has a tank right With the, okay. yeah. but um uh no th- honestly mike if it's like that if it's if it's like that moment um in jurassic park 
and I can't remember her name, where she like goes to the computer and is like, this is a Unix system. I know this. If there's like that moment uh, for Max, like, this is like Dig Dug. I know this. And then she somehow yeah. like, that would be... <laughs> oh, yeah, like when, the, like when, the, when the kid hacks into uh, Wayne Knight's computer, is that what you're referring to? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> or like uh, war that... games. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that would, that would be fun. Um, but what do we, what, what do you, let's go back to Max because there's a scene where her brother's upset that they're in this hick town because of her. He blames her for being in the town. There's a story there. There's definitely yeah. a story. But, there. but what, but what is it? Is, I know. Is she, is she one of the chosen ones? Is she, does she have a gift? But we would see yeah, a tattoo, the- right? Well, we didn't. They didn't show us her arm. I mean, yeah, and she has a lot of hair, so who knows? Maybe it's on like the back of her neck or something. Uh, we yeah. only see her hair down, but yeah, I don't I'm know if I'd like that play. I'm just gonna call it. I don't she, know if I like she, if she was she's, another. She's, and she's extremely gifted at video games. So is she? <laughs> That's the worst superpower. <laughs> yes, you're like the little boy from The Wizard. That's your superpower. You're really good at playing video games that will become but completely may, irrelevant her, in three years. But, but, but maybe the power she has is not that she's good at video games, but she's able to manipulate the video game to be good at it. Because they said uh, nobody yeah. gets that kind of score on Dig Dug. Eh, right? Uh, maybe. I'm calling. I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing the throwing that's that's two crack potty challenge flag. I'm throwing that one down. I'm throwing it. What what I will <laughs> say from a storytelling perspective is that I I am. I was nervous that we were going to get like half a season of Max sort of like revolving around the group and not getting involved. I'm happy that, again, the trailer is going to indicate that they're going to join up together at some point. I'm happy that it happens sooner rather than later, just so we can see her interact with this group and we can find out more about her. Because as you said, there's a reason why they're here. Hawkins is a weird choice. It seems like a very specific choice. So we'll see exactly what that means, whether uh, it means that she's a superpowered technical genius or just some sort of, I don't know, derelict, uh, you know, bad girl. I will. Uh, Colleen had a great theory that, you know, maybe maybe her dad is the Paul Reiser character or like like was brought in as part of uh, the this crew that replaced the original people at Hawkins. So if that plays out, I got to give credit to Colleen. That was yeah. I, I thought, but, I but thought then, but then, that, why, but, but then, but then, why did Billy say it was her fault that they're there? It's not like unless she was like, "Hey, let's go to Hawkins. Come on, <laughs> that's, Dad." That's, that's true. Plus, Paul Reiser that's would the one be more wrinkle. Like, wouldn't Paul Reiser be more like the grandfather? Uh, I don't know. How old is Paul Reiser? Uh, is he your age? He's Jack? older. Than, he's he's older than me. Is he older than you, Paul Reiser? He's, he's got he's got to be my age at least because he was in the movie Diner and I was, I was like, eighteen or nineteen when that movie came out. Let's see. Paul have you seen? Reiser have you guys, is, have you guys Paul seen Reiser Diner? Is, a, is the he's the big six zero? Yeah, sixty. So yeah, he's five years older than me. So no, that Paul Reiser cannot be the. Oh, dad. you're not sixty. I thought you were sixty. I feel sixty, hmm. but I'm not. <laughs> you guys have seen Diner, right? Uh, okay, hold on. He has two sons, uh, one born in '95 and another one born in 2000. So, oh wow, I, those th- he has two sons that are younger than me. <laughs> so <laughs> it's possible. Well, Jack. Oh, okay, all right. So, but he has a, he's rich and has a nanny. This I was I was ten years old by the time he had his first son. So there you go. Um, all right, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now he can't be the okay. I'm not, I'm, right. a, I'm not buying him as the dad. Okay, all right, but it could be again. Why would you come to Hawkins? I, it's I I'm not saying it's it's. I'm just saying. Well, it was why a good would theory he, well, why would he why would he why would he blame Max? Why would the brother blame know. Max? He's crazy, obviously. Um, he clear, have you seen that hair? It, it? He's I, he's not making the best choices in life. 
did she, did she deny it was her fault? No, but uh, they, I, we'll just have to see how that plays out. I don't want to spend too much time on that. But uh, number eight, Will has another vision. Mike finds him and takes him home. Um, so, uh, Lord, anyway. <laughs> what what do you guys think we got do you think we got like Chekhov's video camera here which i don't know may have broken when will ended up dropping it those things were uh I, the, the, those those things were like pretty blocky and sturdy back in the 80s right yeah. but do you feel oh, like yeah. somehow and almost like in a paranormal activity sense could detect something that's going on in the upside down that only will can see yeah that uh, would be um uh i know ne- i didn't see paranormal activity but uh uh it it would be interesting to see if it somehow captured something uh, on the video. Um, did they did they pick up the camera? We don't I'm know. I so. assume they did. I didn't see him pick up the ca- no. camera because that's going to make. So you know, Bob, no, Bob, Bob will not be upset. angry. That he, no, he will not be upset with that. He'll be like, "Oh, boys will be boys. That's okay." Yeah, but weren't like video I've, cameras I, like I, two I'm grand back I have then? Joyce. Do what? Weren't video cameras like two grand back then, and wasn't that like five grand today? Like you, you had one of those. So, Jack, how much was I, one of those? Big? Our video camera is probably about fourteen hundred dollars, and it had a cool case. Yeah, and weighed like seven thousand pounds. So fourteen hundred dollars. Bob, Bob, Bob seems like a pretty big wheel at the Radio Shack. So maybe he was <laughs> able to like maybe it like fell off a truck. That could be. That could be it. <laughs> he doesn't have to give his zip code. Um, <sighs> Um, yeah, it was a J- it was a JVC though, right? Yeah, JVC. That was my first uh, VCR. Yeah, they invented the VCR, right? JVC, I think. Um, uh, VHS did, technology, I think, was theirs. Um, <laughs> Sony was Betamax. Um, all right, uh, number nine. Hopper screws up with L. He's so you know into these pumpkins. Um, uh, he, he forgets to get home by five. Five one five. Five one five, and uh, you you promise? you knew you knew that when he said "I promise" yep. that it was going to immediately get broken. Though I yep. will also point out here, I do love the uh, irony of Eleven dressing up as a ghost, considering that that's what Mike kind of considers Eleven at this yep. point. Yeah, oh, good point. Yeah, um, but I I kind I'm kind of with El. I mean, I get why Hopper is being so strict, but like if she went the ghost, nobody would notice. Knew it was her. I mean. I don't know. No, but you know someone's gonna step on the sheet. It's gonna come <laughs> off. Or she go. Or she go to every house and get a rock. <laughs> yeah, um, no, she had to cut out like a bunch of other holes in her sheet to make that possible. The, here's the thing. I mean, she she's a teenager, and uh, how many how many times you got to know that if you're gonna be like the uh, oppressive, uh, you know, father, uh, how often that does not go well. Um, well, so Hop- Hopper didn't. Hopper doesn't have a lot of experience raising a teenage girl. Didn't really, didn't, uh, get, didn't really get to that point. Ow! Oh, that hurt over here. <sighs> I, think, I, I think we're okay with my coke joke at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> um, yes, that's true. But I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't want to judge anybody's parenting, but I'm worried. Hopper might be uh, this is the well, wrong his, approach his, to take his, with a teenage. But, but female. his his goal, though, he he knows how dangerous these people are. I know, I know. But and and he gotta... he, I, he he's, he's he couldn't protect. Uh, going to what Mike's statement was, he couldn't protect his his, his daughter. Not not that he, he not that he he couldn't protect her. Right, so he's trying to protect. Could save her, yeah. No, yeah, couldn't I think save her. No, so I think, I, yeah, I think that's a great point. He's almost I don't want to say he's overcompensating, but he's. Very almost like smothering of saying like I need to ma- I need to make I almost have a second chance here I need to make sure that 
I do the best I can to make sure that nothing from from an outside perspective is going to affect this sort of home life that I brewed for myself. Yeah. And he has trip wires and everything. Um, so he's he is all in. On but again, well, how many times have to see like that? That approach doesn't work. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, uh, Ten Eleven tries to contact Mike, so she has a new way of uh, uh, kind of having the bath experience with the uh, white noise and the wrapping uh, her head. It's very Rambo kind of style with the... Uh, know, I was going to say Karate Kid. Karate Kid, too, yeah. Um, uh, and, and tries to contact Mike. So she still knows that Mike uh, is longing for her to come back. And, and Mike didn't recognize her because she has hair now. Because <laughs> he, he walked right by her. Well, uh, yeah, he can't really see her. But yes... Um, Tragic, tragic. Were you? Were you? Uh, did you tear up on that one, Jay? I did because I, I, unlike Mike, I really, I really enjoy the the connection those two have. So, um, I'm, I'm teasing Mike. But so why do you keep calling him emo, Mike? Because he's emo. I get why he's emo, but he's being emo. Um, at least he sort of has a he has a brother in misery and will from the conversation they yes. have at the end of the episode of like, let's go crazy together. We're both, you know depressed for other different reasons yeah. but you know <laughs> i'm depressed because I, I couldn't take this girl to the snowball you're having trouble because you know you were in a toxic environment uh for a week and almost died yeah, you're, you're yeah. caught between two realities i have blue balls it's pretty much the same thing <laughs> um and uh last here last moment of the episode dustin notices something strange in his trash can who are you gonna call <laughs> Um. So, uh, what? Okay, last thoughts here. What do we think's in the trash can, Mike? You said you had some thoughts. Oh, it's a porg. It's a, it's a thing. It's a it's a little creature. Star Wars esque creature. A little Ewok or what call you? They need something to shill out the merchandise. It's got to be small <laughs> enough to be in a trash can. It's going to be this cute little CGI creature that they're going to keep as a pet and train to help it track down all the other stranger creatures that might abide. In the uh, you know, in the shadows of this town, I, I think that's maybe, a good maybe call. that's maybe that's what's eating the pumpkins, destroying the pumpkins. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. I, that that could like yeah, what they're eating the pumpkins, I guess. Uh, maybe they they need something inside. Maybe this the pumpkin, whatever the I don't know pumpkin stuff. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> the seeds or whatever, and wh- whatever they, they eat it, they leave behind a. Uh, Maybe they're from the upside down world. Uh, uh, maybe maybe it's like Mike said, it's a cute cute character. From yeah, the it's like a, it's like a cute Demogorgon. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, it, well, it's, it's like a, it's, it's like Gremlins when Gizmo. Everyone's like, oh, we love Gizmo. Gizmo Gizmo's cute. Gizmo's true. the best. This is this is our Gizmo. Yeah. Instead We're... of e- instead of eating things like Barb, it eats pumpkins. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I, also I, I think that's a good call. Hair. I think that's a good call. Um, like a like a reverse gremlins. Uh, we start out with the the nasty being, but then we we go back to uh, maybe the cute uh, cuddly thing that it was born from. Can I keep it, mom? That's what Dustin's going to tell his mom. <laughs> the mom's going to say, "Oh, I don't. I have my cat. I don't care." <laughs> oh, I love that Dustin's mom is such a cat lady. Yes. It's so much fun. Yes, that's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. So um, Dustin doesn't have a dad. Is that is that what we're saying? Doesn't look like it. So yeah. unless I don't know, maybe uh, if things don't work out between Bob and Joyce, I can see another situation <laughs> where Bob can get involved. <laughs> I like cats. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man! I All have, right, I used, um, have a, I used to have a video recorder, but you know it broke. <laughs> my last family broke my camera camcorder. <laughs> <laughs> I pieced out of that. You're, uh, you're not quite Joyce, but you'll do. I mean, you know, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, final thoughts uh, here before we move on to listener feedback. I mean, th- there's a good reason why uh, my wife decided to proceed immediately with episode three is because I think this, these first two episodes did a great job of saying like. Hey, this is where all of our characters are, but also they're dealing with a lot of stuff from the first season. It sort of ties back into the continuity of what we saw, what we, the three of us, most immediately saw, but adding a bunch of new stuff on top of it. You mentioned the new characters. Seems like there's a new monster, some other creatures, some new, some other stuff that might be going on. So it's a little bit of the old, a little bit of the new, but I'm very, very excited to see where this ends up going. It feels like they're already really, much like Billy, like going 45 miles an hour down a, a 30 uh, residential road. Yes. 45 miles an hour. Oh, that was like 70, <laughs> but yes. At least. <laughs> you had some Ted Nugent playing, right? Uh, yeah, Wang- Wango Tango! <laughs> um, all right. Uh, again, a fitting that it's Billy playing uh, some Ted Nugent. Uh, we do have some listener feedback. We got an email from Laura, so let's jump into that now. Uh, if you haven't taped your first episode for Strange uh, Season 2 of Stranger Things covering the first two episodes, here's some feedback. Wow, great start to the second season. I love the use of the flashback to tell Elle's story and that they didn't wait to show us that she was still alive, especially since everyone uh, knew that already. Uh, the acting by the kids is totally tubular, and I uh, got Jack's Blue Bloods reference about the kids, or was that on the Ramblecast episode? Uh, love the music <laughs> and the 80s feel. I miss arcades. Uh, anyway, my feedback is mostly questions that may or may not be answered in future episodes. Number one, how was the destruction at the school cleaned up and explained? All those dead people, blood, ruined walls, etc. It wasn't a school holiday, and that kind of cleanup would take a while. So we'll just pause here for this first one. What do, what do you guys think? That's a good question. I'm- it's a, I mean, I think it's a gr- even a larger question as to, like, there was a bunch of random stuff going on in Hawkins. How are they able to... You know, the Hawkins lab didn't necessarily go around and neuralize them like you do in Men in Black. I wonder if they were like, oh, a wild animal got into the school, so we have to close it down for a couple days to, you know, get everything patched up. But then you have, like, the appearance of Will as well. And I think the zombie boy thing, while very uh, hurtful, I feel like from an outsider perspective, it makes sense. Like, oh, my God, this kid turned up? Like, where the hell was he? So there's a lot of questions that somehow either this town is totally fine not answering or for some reason they've been given this line by probably the hawkins uh suits to believe as oh yeah this thing happened but now we're ready to move on with our merry lives well that's going with like Will... you were joking about uh uh, uh mike's dad where he did a little salute and everything like that maybe it's just like in a small little town like this people are ve- it's still very trusting of the government so if they're saying this is a thing like you bet we're all patriots here like there, there's less there's less questioning of, of authority maybe in this town okay but here's here's the safe thing for the new character i can't remember when you talk about mike i can't remember his name i'm sorry i don't remember the comedian <laughs> oh uh yeah oh uh, murray yeah murray well here's here's the problem i have you guys are talking about this Okay, they're calling him Zombie Boy. Well, why? How would they? He was just missing. Why would he be called Zombie Boy? Because remember, they had a funeral for him. Yeah, they had a whole like, oh, Tom Sawyer heard, thing oh, where it's like, oh, oh he was not, dead, but he's not dead. Forgot about that. Okay, never mind. I was like, <laughs> why would the who 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 was talking in the town? Because the dad's a patriot. They're not gonna. We're all patriots here. So, um, 
Yeah, okay, I forgot about the funeral. All right. I Come loved on. I also loved um the the Reagan Bush and the uh, Mondale uh, uh what was her um, last name? I'm Barara. Uh, the signs for the different families and seeing it like that dynamic. I thought that was fun. Um, but what, when when does this take place again? Is eighty eight? Uh, Halloween eighty four. So that was oh eighty four. Yeah. For some reason, it, for some reason, I thought it was in I thought it was in eighty seven the first season. But yeah, that makes sense because I was going to say oh would, I, you know would uh, the Wheelers support George H W Bush? Uh, probably because it's kind of like that's the dad in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So he, he was he was going Reagan Bush. So uh, eighty four. So um, but anyways, I I thought that was a, a fun little uh, uh, illusion there. Um, number two, I am confused about what's going on at Hawkins lab. Are they using the fire to get through the opening to the upside down? But then how did that guy get through to replace the battery? Any thoughts about this? I haven't decided if Dr. Paul Reiser is good or bad. Uh, we haven't. <laughs> Dr. Either. Paul Reiser. <laughs> um, uh, I think that clearly they're, they're using the fire cause they're, it seemed like they were kind of burning it back cause the little tentacles were all going. Aah. Yeah. I, I think that they're sort of like doing like I, I know I made a reference to like James Cameron's The Abyss when we first saw them go in in season one. But I really think it's sort of like exploratory. I think they're sort of like keeping tabs on it and they're trying to figure out exactly what's in there. And it just so happens that like one of their little, I don't know, pings that they had some sort of satellite contraption ended up blowing a fuse and then they had to replace it. So I feel like they're keeping like very surreptitious tabs on the upside down, just trying to monitor exactly what might be going on there. Because again, this is something that fell into Hawkins labs lap. Brenner wasn't meaning to do this when he had 11, try to contact that and spy on that Russian guy. So I feel like they're just sort of trying to figure out what it is. Yep. I agree. Agreed. Uh, number three, how did Hopper know to leave the food and how did L know to even look in that box? Maybe the guy who got hit with the fiery dead squirrel told Hopper about what happened and he put two and two together and started leaving the food. Uh, the evolution of the relationship is great to see. We didn't even talk about the scene with the fiery dead squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> how she killed it originally, though. Yeah, I mean, she has it. She has it flying to a tree. Yeah, which I, I, you know, as a, as it's not a squirrel. I'm not a squirrel lover, but I just thought it was pretty cool. She's she's making do. She's got to eat something. You got to eat. Got to survive. I I but, liked it in the sense it answered the question like why is he leaving in the box like at least uh, maybe he did hear uh, things and he was leaving it out there to see. Um, but, but doesn't he leave it that not, that that same night? The Christmas night or Christmas party? No, 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 no. It flashes to a month. It. It's a month later or something, right? Yeah, because there was a bunch of snow on top of it. Okay, yeah, you're right. Anywho, okay. uh, number, number four. Does Max's brother's license plate mean anything, or is it just to show us that they're from California? It was like PCE something something something. Um, I I thought it was more just showing they're from California, but I I could be wrong with that. There's more astute people out there. Well, again, going back to the movie The Wizard, Max is good at video games, and there wasn't there like a destination California. I think it all makes sense. <laughs> it's all coming together. It's tubular, tubular, man. Um, I mean, uh, as as a, a native Californian, like I understand like the people that think you're from California, think you're really cool and and neat. So I understand maybe why they chose California as a place. Jack, I know you wouldn't understand because you're actually a Pennsylvania native. Maybe the Pittsburgh yes, thing I'm... was cool for you, but I think I understand. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I, I'm not from Pittsburgh, but that's okay. It's, it's all the same, right, Pennsylvania? Um, no. But... It's not all the same. <laughs> but no, I, I think maybe it's more of that. But I could be wrong. 
Absolutely wrong. Um, my biggest question: What is up with the parents of teens in Hawkins? That party? Wait, wait, Seriously? I, I I want to answer the California thing. Oh, so. please go ahead. Well, it's Billy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can understand if Billy's from California, you can understand why he's upset coming to a small town. Yes. Yeah, that that's a good point. I think it might have just to, to paint like, okay, we need true outsiders coming into this small town, midwestern, you know, Hawkins uh, suburbs. Who's it going to be? How about these people from coastal California? I feel like that's the best sort of black and white example. Either I mean, that or you, like I've, New York, right? It'd be one of those two. Season three. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it comes I, Tony. What are we doing? <laughs> I know our kids. I mean, Jay and my, and my oldest daughter didn't like moving here originally from California to Raleigh. So I think as young teenagers, it's got to be hard going from a big city. Yeah, big no, absolutely. Well, it's like a uh, small town. That's the that's the main uh, plot point for um, uh, Karate Kid, right? He came from was it New York to a, a small California town it, it, or something? Encino. I, 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 I thought Encino, you were going to say, but I thought it, you were gonna say Footloose. <laughs> Encino, though, but Encino's big, but it's not New York. No. I mean. um, number five, my biggest question, what is up with the parents of the teens in Hawkins that party? Seriously? I went to parties in the 80s in high school that were wild, but nowhere near as wild all the people drinking and kegs. Are there no nosy neighbor, noisy neighbors around to call the cops? And once again, Jonathan is in Nancy's bedroom without her parents knowing clueless. Looking forward to hearing yeah. your thoughts on these first two episodes. So hard to watch only two at a time. I probably won't be able to restrain myself any longer. But if I come up with any more questions, I'll make them episode specific. Thank you, Laura. Well, the dad sleeps on the, his recliner. <laughs> so he probably he, so he's probably asleep after Jeopardy. And the, mo- and the mom has a young child to deal with, right? Mm. I'm so, surprised. So she's probably got to go to bed early. But I'm surprised with everything they didn't like put up bars in Nancy's windows, considering that, again, both cases, it seems like they're able to easily jump up on the roof and put her to bed, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> well, did he carry through the uh, the front door, right? Oh, I guess I guess he went through the front door. Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine that he sort of like <laughs> vaulted his way onto the roof while carrying Nancy over his shoulder. <laughs> I, I just uh, these parents, are they are clueless. They're all clueless. All the like I said, the party was like, but could it be one of the houses that were out like in like Joyce's house out in the woods somewhere. There's a lot of wooded areas, so maybe the parents are out of town. Steve's house looked like it was it wasn't surrounded by other houses. So plus maybe- do we don't we do we not remember the cops? Do we not remember the two dumb asses that work with Hopper? <laughs> like they if, if they got a if they got a like a noise complaint called into them, they wouldn't know the first thing to do. It's true. <laughs> That's true. It's very true. <laughs> They'd have to check their book. What? What? Oh, all right and uh look yeah so laura thank you for the email um a lot of great questions again if anybody sends emails please uh t- you know make them episode specific next week we're doing the next two chapters uh, of stranger things but uh all right that'll do it for this uh coming into season two of stranger things um excited to be podcasting about it excited to be talking uh with you two fine gentlemen about it give us a call at 385-309-0311 only time. Once again, it's 385-309-0311. Calling time with questions, comments, and or theories. Give us an email at strangerthingsjjm at gmail.com. Once again, strangerthingsjjm at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash jnjackgroup. We have different categorized uh, uh, threads for, I think, what, I think, 
chunks of three episodes is uh, how they're doing it on the Facebook group. Um, I'm, I'm ignoring it, so I don't. I, I don't <laughs> but if you want to discuss it, it's happening there among uh, many other TV show discussions. Speaking of TV shows, we are podcasting about other TV shows this season. We got Survivor with Jay, Jack, and Colleen, and Dancing with the Stars with Cindy, Jack, and Heather. Um, those are all on our feed at jayandjack.com slash iTunes. Uh, we also have a, a Walking Dead podcast uh, on the network. Uh, Jack has and uh, Matt have relinquished uh, that. Uh, <laughs> and talking to Matt yesterday, he was, we were both seemed pretty happy about it. <laughs> um, yes, it, it seems Walking Dead continues to be Walking Dead, um, whatever that means. Uh, also, um, uh, Owen and Brew's Barbecue. Uh, our Star Wars podcast, as we're getting ready, uh, getting closer and closer to uh, The Last Jedi, um, more and more things to come there, uh, and the broadcast and the Ramblecast. Uh, we had a fun uh, After Dark episode uh, <laughs> yesterday with a fantastic oh my God. Matt list. I, without the Matt list, I, I think I laughed for, what, five minutes straight? Yeah, it was pretty good. It's, oh, my God. It was so bad, it was good. Um, yeah. And we also did a special uh, patrons' choice show. So for anybody that contributes five dollars or more a month, uh, we did a show talking about uh, scariest or our top five scariest movies. All right, and that was Matt. Let Jack me ask Mike. Me. I, I, can I ask Mike a question real quick? Uh, really quick. All right, Mike. E.T. and the video thriller. Do they belong in scariest movies of all time? I mean, uh, E.T. is a movie. Thriller is not. Uh, so that's the first uh, point I'll take against it. I mean, it's 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 sort of like where you put your mind frame. Because I feel like, especially nowadays, what my generation likes to do is be like, these are the things that scared me as a kid. They're not scary anymore. So if you're relying on like something that scares you throughout your life, I feel like you could count something like E.T. in there. There's horrifying things like when E.T. was dying, which still traumatized me. I feel like the thriller stuff could be genuinely scary in some environments, but it's also not a movie. All right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, find out what Jack's really talking about. <laughs> if you uh, are a patron, that gives five dollars more a month on this week's uh, or this month's patrons choice podcast. Speaking of patrons, I want to thank the people that make this show possible. Our patrons over at patreon.com slash J and Jack, where you contribute $1 all the way on up to a million dollars a month. All of your contributions, whatever you can give helps make these shows possible. Um, also there's other ways you can help support this show. Give us a review on iTunes. Uh, if you enjoy what we do here, a five star review goes a long way to help with our rankings. Um, thank you for everybody that's been giving reviews to the show. The more, the merrier. Um, also if you use, uh, Amazon, use the link jayandjack.com slash Amazon. Uh, it'll take you to the normal Amazon page, but anything you buy, a small percentage of that sale will go to the Jay and Jack production fold. So those are ways you can help support the show if you enjoy what we do. Mike podcasts a plethora amounts or an amount of a lot uh, of podcasts each week. Uh, Mike, where can people find some of the stuff you're doing right now? Uh, you can follow all the general stuff that I'm plugging at a Mike Bloom type on Twitter, doing a lot of Survivor stuff. I do uh, parade exit interviews uh, with the hero healer or hustler that has been most recently voted off. I do a weekly Survivor Fun and Games podcast on Rob Has a Podcast. We actually just last night finished up uh, Survivor Token Chains on the Survivor Historian, which is another Survivor podcast that I'm a part of that does retrospectives of past seasons. I also do SNL podcasts on post-show recaps. I do The Hamster Factor with AJ Mass, where he made me watch The Babadook for the first time, and I disliked every minute of it, uh, and I'm going to talk with him about how much I... I was appreciative of it. I think it's a good piece of film, but I did not enjoy a minute of it, if that makes any sense. But 
be sure to check those out. And yeah, much more merriment to come, including this podcast. I'm super excited. You know, it's a really exciting season even so far, but I'm even more excited to just jump into everything and start spitballing a bunch of ideas back and forth. I feel like season one was a lot of me just sort of talking my thoughts out loud and you guys sort of being like, yeah, maybe that'll happen or maybe it won't. <laughs> now we're all in the same place so we can all just bounce ideas off of each other, none of which will probably come to fruition. But it's fun anyway. Exactly. That's the fun of it. Exactly. Awesome. Um, all right. I think awesome. that will do awesome. it. For tubular. Awesome. Totally tubular. <laughs> uh, that will do it for this week's show. We'll see you guys next week uh, for the next two chapters of Stranger Things. Uh, Jack, you can now go watch the next two. I, uh, I'm so excited. I'm, a co- I'm really going to go watch them. <laughs> well, I probably have to watch Lucifer first, but after uh, that, then I'll. Until then, we'll see you. Hasta luego and goodbye. Bye. Bye.